podcast with the highest level of analysis at the culture league here you know the ever-present jordan's here and i'm with my boys joe joined us again joe's back how's it going joseph i missed one episode what are you talking about i just have to see you man that's all that's just happy that you're back that's, that's it wait 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 one episode with the guest that he invited yeah <laughs> <laughs> the guest was like so okay, i didn't have it i didn't have it in me to record man i ain't gonna lie that's fair enough. Obviously, Deji, what's going on, bro? Oh, go on, bro. I'm chilling, fam. How are you look? Deji told me to ask to not ask him how he's doing weekly by weekly. The answer is that he's just chilling. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, so he's fine. And we have a guest, Felicia. How are you doing, man? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm good. I'm good. How you all been? Uh, is this for me specifically, or these? Yeah, go on. How you been? <laughs> I've been good. I've just been. Today was a um kind of a, like a hangover day. Um, on, a, on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have regular timetables, so whatever. Um, but I finished work yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna have some alcohol." And I had a drinking session with my partner, and it was just this morning. I have deep, deep, deep regrets. And one of the deep regrets was that, like, I even I didn't even realize I was hungover until I started trying to eat, and then. Jollof fries came out of my nose, guys. Jesus Christ! Wait, what? It was, it was just a really woeful morning, but we're here. We move. And the boys, how are y'all? I'm chilling, fam. <laughs> you guys look so bored. Are you bored? Like, this is what it is. Like, we do catch up with these guys. I think because <laughs> now we talk, we talk so regularly that they catch up. Nobody ever just like. Yeah, you know how I'm doing. Like, I was doing, I'm doing the exact same thing I was doing last week. Going, God. Yeah, for fair enough. How are you doing, Joe? All right. Okay. Bro, it sounds like you're you're recording on a potato farm. Yeah. Your sound quality is hilarious. All right. Perhaps worse. Anyways, Felicia, what is it that you what is it that you do? Tell the people what is what is it that you do. Um, so I'm a poet, performer, playwright, um, and that consists of a lot of different things. Sometimes my work is on stage. Sometimes my work is a lot of admin. Um, sometimes it's marketing, um, myself, uh, planning projects, putting out creative ventures, um, collaborations with other artists, um, sometimes with other companies. Um, yeah, so it ranges, but generally I just go by the title poet, performer, playwright. From playwright. See, what I hear this, yeah. When I hear this, obviously coming from like African background, it doesn't. It sounds very more on the art side. So I always wonder what kind of led you to that path, and were like your parents resistant for you to do like poetry and playwriting, or was there any feet pushback with your parents about the path that you wanted to go down? Because obviously, from African household, it yeah. doesn't seem to be very common. 
I think that's a valid question. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing my Let's go. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for my parents is that they don't have to. Um, they don't have to pay for me to live. Um, they don't pay my bills or anything like that. So, not that that's a bad thing, but it just helps them feel more comfortable with my profession. Um, and I suppose like. I didn't start out officially wanting to be a poet, performer, or playwright. That wasn't like um, a job that I aimed for. Um, I think when I got into college, I wanted to do media and stuff like that, stuff related to media, um, journalism, stuff like that. Um, and then after I finished and I did my postgrad as well, and I got regular jobs. So like, I proved to my parents that I could do regular jobs. If that makes sense. I did a couple of office work, um, hated it made great money, quit. Um, so with this job, I think it was just mainly that I can provide, provide for myself while I'm on it, while I'm doing this job, as well as like, yeah. And it, it makes them look good as well. So, so you, like, you went to do the traditional, like this, well, this quote unquote traditional 95, you hated that. Yeah, yeah, I did. Like just fucking the grind or was it just like, you just knew kind of like when you sit in the office, you're like, this is not meant to be. No, it was just like it wasn't challenging and there's a i think my problem with um office work is there's a level of pretentiousness um everybody's pretending to be productive everybody's pretending that they need to be in the office for eight hours every day when you don't and i found that whenever whenever i was working um well to give you some context my first job was uh uh, what's it called personal assistant and admin assistant to the CEO of a particular credit union um, and it was it was it was fine it was great money but it just was not challenged there wasn't anything that was pushing me and, and I hate that if I'm going to be here can I be here and be working for the so like they always wanted me to pretend like I'm working even though I don't have work to do like all that bullshit I hate office politics um, that was my first job. The second, my second official job was um, a marketing assistant um, for a tech company, a startup tech company, and it was great. But again, I was bored and I didn't feel like I was challenged. And whenever I tried to do my own little stuff in the downtime of the office, they just usually had a problem with it. So like, Felicia. Yeah. Oh, you can hear me. Thank God. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think it's ironic that. Um, you listed the fact that you, you feel like you can't really do normal jobs because when we met, like the group that we met in, I feel like everyone has that vibe. <laughs> None of us do normal jobs. None of us can do normal jobs. Of the, of the majority of people I remember, it's like we're all doing something mad. <laughs> That's mad. So, say that again? What are you doing that's mad? I haven't caught up with you in a while. You can hear my voice. <laughs> hear you whatever it is I'm doing is mad. <laughs> so. <laughs> that just in my voice. <laughs> it's like, the problem is in my throat. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, I just think that's rather ironic. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. I haven't caught up with a lot of people that were in that group. Do I remember yeah, it? Yeah, same. That group. That group was funny. I just remember having a great ass time. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, so, that's, that's when we were public Christians. Good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, obviously, now you find whatever, like, what it is you're doing challenging. Is a po- song, song poet, what, what is it? 
a poet three think about the three p's uh mm -hmm. performer playwright all right and what's what's more what's like what do you find challenging about that aspect because obviously i wouldn't be aware what is, what is a playwright a playwright Somebody is a playwright writes plays, plays, bro. <laughs> oh. this guy. Sorry, sorry. What's wrong with you? Sorry. Don't mind him. Don't mind him. I was asking He's for the audience. I was asking for the listeners. You can hear his voice. I was asking for the listeners. That's why. Don't mind him. But the listeners have a higher level of education. Work one for the host. So this guy is such a great. Anyways, go on. Answer, answer with you. Yeah, I think challenging about my work is that um, it's a new thing every other day. Um, I could open my emails and have somebody be like, um, which one? This is actually a recent one. Somebody wanted me to make up cut up tunes. So, like, they wanted me to make um, not a poem, but they wanted me to break up a poem and rearrange it in such a way that it might not make sense anymore, but to have really cool effects and sound movements and stuff like that and put it on a um, cassette tape full of different types of sounds so that kind of shit happens to me so like it's challenging because i get to discover my own art in different ways um yeah that's pretty much it how how did it get like what well, one moment was it that like you were like fuck this office job this is this is it this is what i want to do is there something like where you're reading or were you just like this is what i want to focus on how did i come about this I'm not even totally like fuck office jobs because like I feel like if I ever get into a downtime with poetry I, like I have skill sets to be able to go back into office jobs to lift myself but like I don't even know if I had that one moment I think it was like a gradual thing for about three years um that and then I was just like you know what I'm just gonna go full-time this is tiring I think it was like my last job um I did that marketing assistant job for about eight months and they were just stringing me along, not in a mean way or anything. It was just like that whole, oh yeah, it's going to get busier and it's going to be fine. And I was like, I'm actually personally in my actual life busier than when I'm in this office. Like, this is ridiculous. So I just was like, let me just focus on what I'm actually doing and mm. um, build up on it, if that makes sense. That's kind of cool because obviously it kept to, I think I was often have this conversation with, with a lot of people and you kind of then chose because you said you were making good money but it wasn't bringing you happiness so you then chose the happiness over perhaps well, the, the money aspects of it because you were like even though i'm making money it's not stimulating it's not challenging me so you, you went over and you're now you're doing something that you feel like every day you wake up you get an email you have to break up a poem and that's more and you, perhaps you don't even know what poems you're breaking down so perhaps that's more stimulating for you that's kind of cool to hear because i often think about that i'm like I make money from what I do, but like every day it's become so mundane and so routine. My, but my, my job, it's mainly because it provides a lifestyle outside of work. That's why I can't like, I do it. Whereas some, like I know Joe exactly is the same situation, whereas he enjoys his job, regardless of what it provides outside of job, outside of work yeah. and his extracurricular time. So that's cool. And I think I saw maybe not recently, previous, not too long ago, one of your poems was in the Leaving Cert curricula, or am I wrong in saying that? No, you're not wrong in saying that. It's just there isn't um, news out on it yet till next February. Um, the guy that broke it to me was is an editor for one of these um, school books. Um, and basically, he emailed me. He was like, oh, can I have a copyright? Of, I know your poem is copywritten. Can I have uh, the text version? Da, 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 because it's going to be leaving cert for this, that, and the other. And I was just kind of like, excuse me and first of all where's the check 
Apparently, the state, um, the government can take your shit and they don't have to pay you for it. So, my, I'm not going to get paid from the state for it, but each um, editor that wants to put my work and that has to put my work in their school books because it's going to be studied, they have to pay me. So, oh, that's sick. So, it's pretty cool. Recently, oh, wait, are you going to be in, wait, is it junior or leaving cert that your program is up for? It's leaving cert. So I don't think you do poetry for junior cert, if I'm... No, if you I don't remember. know. No. Really? No. I don't think so. Because I remember that's how, like, I like English. Wait, the first... hang on. Did you do higher or ordinary level? I don't mean that in a certain way. Higher. Oh. Yeah, so did I. I. I don't remember not doing it poetry. For junior cert, I don't think you do. For junior, yeah, I don't think you do. No, for junior, so you don't. Really? Oh, okay, fair I mean, it was no, like 10 years ago. Cause, yeah, because I remember the first time I like I did poetry of any sort. Like, my teacher was clever about it. He made us do 99 Problems with Jay-Z, and then he compared it with a song from Alex Turner, Arctic Monkeys, Riot Van, which was like two, someone living in New York and someone living in Sheffield, and they're going through the same problem. And I love that he did that like through like music and rap because I was like, fuck. This is poetry. Yeah, then cool. became he made poetry cool in Canada. So I remember vividly like that was my leaving cert cycle. Yeah, I was us, like poetry not vaginal. For us, my teacher brought in Billy Jean and one fifty cents on like I remember. I think it might be in twenty one questions. We had to break it down like like a poem, like and actually write about it. Yeah, you guys, yeah. that was cool. We you guys had cool there. teachers. My my teacher actually made a study. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so. I think yeah, I think the way that's that's why like poetry then it became like a cool thing because then you start thinking of like then it's like your own interpretation on things and mm-hmm. they tell you there's no wrong answer and you're kind of like oh right it's kind of how i see it and that's how you 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 kind of interpreted it but like obviously i'll talk to uh, i can't even get my words out properly your parents have they read your poetry or they kind of then been like came around and or uh, even read your plays or came to see your plays have you produced plays like that have been on stage yeah, um, the last play that I produced was Boy Child, and it was in Dublin Fringe Festival 2018, September, and we sold out, and it was great, um, and then we brought it back for March 2019, and we had another run of it, um, by the theatre um, invited us back in, and that was really cool. Um, it was really, really fun. Um, I loved that it was like, it was an all-black cast, it was staged in Dublin City and on for like four nights each time. Yeah, it was really exciting. Would you ever start your own production company? Um, we started, a, I started a collective with the Google Heart and Samuel Yakura. Um, we're currently like using it to produce plays as well as like shows like Talkatives. So Talkatives is um, basically for poets and rappers and it's about the beauty and the appreciation of lyricism and just noticed that with poetry people especially with performance poetry there was kind of like a in Dublin city anyway it felt like people thought they were very separate things very separate entities and it also brought very separate crowds and so it was our way of merging the two things that we loved I love rap but I can't rap like that mm. Jeremy you, know you know you play around with bars but I, I don't structure rap um, but yeah, so we were just kind of like, yeah, let's let's play with the beauty of lyricism. So Talkasis was that. And yeah, we produce plays as well. We're currently working on one at the moment um, called Dating's. So yeah. And they're about black lives and stuff like that. Just just getting um, 
black people used to see blackness on stage, on theater, in theater, and getting um, other nationalities that we're surrounded with to just seem like us be normal. <laughs> yeah. Out a specific emphasis on our blackness. That makes sense. Is, is that the thing that you focus on, like kind of getting black, casting black people for your plays and getting black people on stage or? I think it's, it's, it's definitely one of my biggest philosophies anyway. Um, I'm, I believe in bringing other people along for the ride, um, if that makes sense. Um, people that I think fit in these spaces. If I, if I know like four black actors, I'm, I'm calling you guys, do you know what I mean? Or if I know three black photographers that specifically work like this, that and the other, and I think I can use you for work and you get paid, awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm very much about um, lifting black voices and black people into very white spaces because Ireland is very white. And also just cause like, I don't, I don't want to be the only black person in spaces either, that's gross. Yeah. How how did you find um sorry, I didn't mean to put a question. How no, did no, you find like at the start of your career when like you were trying to get in the door and like people like how how responsive were people were people to you? Like were they helpful, were they not so helpful? And I only ask because parts of my early experience when I didn't really, not that I have a name, but when I had a name, like people didn't really like want to let us in the door or people weren't really interested in taking what we had to say seriously. But then when you get a little bit of traction, it's like, oh, okay, cool. But I was looking at like my white counterparts in the same field doing like stuff that wasn't as good, mm. like pretty much excelling. Uh, so I wonder, was it is it the same in your industry? Was it the same in your industry as well? Or? Um, I, with my industry, especially with spoken word in particular, um, spoken word would be poets that go on stage and perform. Um, so with spoken word poetry, um, unfortunately, it is quite oversaturated with mediocrity. Um, <laughs> it is. It's just a thing, um, especially because the angle at which poetry is generally accepted in in Dublin or in Ireland that I've, that I've seen so far is it's just that Ireland is such a place that's full of heritage, just full of culture and part of the heritage is the language thing um, and being able to wield language and that's a big part of a culture. So I found that like when I got into the space it felt like everybody was accepted more than it was like particular people not. Um, it felt like there was an openness to all kinds of uh, poets and so everybody got a shot um, also I don't because I didn't strategically try and get exactly where I am here um, especially at the beginning at the beginning for me it was just I just want to slam oh my god poetry I, I didn't even realize how big the scene was or how much it was I didn't even think about it as a scene until maybe about a year into it properly um, I just wanted to have fun really I just wanted to experience poetry and um, a lot of it was like for personal use. It was a lot of like building my confidence, um, getting into new spaces. I was in college as well. So I think the first time I got on a stage properly for poetry, I was in second year of college. Um, so it was a lot about self-confidence, a lot about growth, a lot about self-expression as well. Um, part of the mediocre saturation of 
poets in Ireland or in Dublin. Um, it's this giving everybody an avenue and a space for self-expression. And that, I think that in itself is okay. But I think we sometimes get caught where we reward everybody. Yeah. You know, is that, is that something like you're keen on? Like say, like you said, where we reward everybody. Are you hoping to win like a big prize or the big awards? Are you just like more focused on the the process and the art and what is that you're doing or do you think about like i also want to win all these like the oh my god i just want to slam it you want to be part of that category as well only award that i'm specifically aiming for i don't mind winning awards but i don't aim for them Um, my thing is just creating art uh, the processes are amazing I just love getting artists and people into a room and creating with them or alongside them or being able to add to their craft but the only freaking award that I am so aiming for is in the Grammys and it's <laughs> me off that there's a spoken word album category in the Grammys and mm. they give it to um, fucking audiobooks uh, audiobooks? audiobooks <laughs> So you're saying I could do an audiobook right now with the grammy? Audiobooks. Michelle Obama won on, based on Becoming. And I was so annoyed, bro. I was just like, this is bullshit. This is not spoken word. Is that, is that something like you guys frown upon? Like, do you know how as a poet? <laughs> is that something like... <laughs> <laughs> you guys like you guys don't look at all your books like nah that's that's not that's not that's not that's not it no no, no i don't mind audiobooks but yeah. they're winning under a spoken word album category album. even the term freaking album does not work for audiobook it makes no sense it's it just it just i it gets me really irate and i only just found out maybe about a year ago but um or less than a year ago, but yeah, that's I'm aiming for that one. Maybe in about five to ten years. So what you're saying is you could just put together a bunch of poetry and sell it as an audiobook and win the win the win the album. Yep. Oh, actually, so what's going? I saw I saw on Twitter that you were added to a board or some sort or some shit like that. Do you want to talk about that? Poetry Island. Um, yeah, so I was asked to join uh, the board of. And um, it's really exciting. I haven't had my first meeting yet, but I've just recently got our first email. Because um, so I'm really excited. I'm really excited. <laughs> mainly because, like, you get a bigger and deeper understanding of how our institutions work and how money is attributed and decisions made. And so it's easier to operate as an artists on the outside know how the inside works and also i just i'm really excited to kind of share those those thoughts and um what i find out and those revelations with other artists so we can like advance and get better at this um and also just to contribute to the art institution from a young person's perspective from a woman's perspective from a black girl's perspective um yeah i'm excited about that come in the that you want to talk about or anything like that? Oh yeah, I have something up uh, tomorrow. I don't know when this is going to be out. Neither this do we, so is, well, this is Wednesday, so it's probably going what Friday, Monday. Yeah. All right. Well, um, well, something's coming out tomorrow um, on RT One um, in response to Black Lives. On RT Player, everybody, go check it out on RT Player. Yeah, it'll be on RT Player. Yeah, um, RT One. It's called um, the show is called Summer at Seven. And yeah, so it's a video that they created. This 
um, incredible uh, painter, painter. Anyway, she did a mural anyway in in, in Tala, and um, it's of two boys touching elbows. So it kind of like inspired by Black Lives Matter and coronavirus, blah blah blah. And I did a piece for it, um, a poem, and it was recorded, and it'll be out tomorrow at seven. So, like you said, it's a three piece poet, performer, playwriter. Yeah. Who then do you look up to or aspire to you, or aspire in terms of like each of a poet, performer, or playwriter? Your three, you can't, one, one word for each, for poem, performer, and a playwriter. Okay. None, okay. No sitting on the fence and be like, I like this one, but maybe that one sometimes. Okay, so poet, I would say, I don't know if you guys know him, but Emmett Kieran, um, he's an incredible poet. Um, and also an incredible performer. But performer, um, what did I say is a great performer? Oh, I didn't want to say the typical one. I was going to say Beyonce is a great performer. Um, well, she is. Inua Elams, I, I don't think you guys know him. He's a playwright. He's he's an incredible playwright, but he's also a um, Yeah, them. All right. So we got through the career of Felicia. Not to, <laughs> that one. <laughs> not, not to get to the shit now. Not to get to I care about your career, but it's, it's, it's already on and popping, so can we get to the shits? <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, y'all watch the Whale and August. What's what's the name? August, I see that. Or Og. Og. They can't call him Og. And we'll say so. Do you know how disrespectful that was? <laughs> yeah. Call him by his nickname to her man's God. You know. <laughs> he did it back. <laughs> you, you, obviously, you obviously all watched that thing. That whole 12 the minutes. The red tape double talk? Yeah. yeah watched uh, it. See, I was, the, my, my whole thing is 12 minutes, really? Really? What's the really about? Every other red table talk has been 30 minutes plus, but you only give us 12 minutes on the one that we actually care about. Uh, you want to that so far? One, it's because they usually have more than one person at the table that's bouncing questions back and forth. There was only two of them. I mean, what else do you want them to say, though? I know, like, I swear, I don't even address it. It happened. I really don't think they needed to make that video. I I found it quite uncomfortable to watch. Like, the guy just came out and said, Yeah, like, I spoke to Will, like, he gave me my blessing. We were in a relationship, and I was like, okay, calm. Clearly, you thought it was this, it was one thing. She never said it was that thing. You know, you fell in love, and she just wanted to do a job. She like, we moved. We moves, like, <laughs> I don't know why everybody's acting like this is not a regular occurrence in regular life. <laughs> this no, happens no. every day. I agree with you. I was like, I was like, it's out like I was saying. Sometimes like people perceive the same moment completely different. Like you're saying, for her it was like maybe my toy boy entanglement, <laughs> and for a man, this man was like, rah, this is deep. Because I guess because when you come to someone broken and someone's trying to fix you, you you have the, all these extra attachment that maybe you didn't like assess them in the moment. I don't know what what was going on with that whole thing. I was just watching and I was like. Why would you even put this out there? Where did you think it was going to go? I think the unfortunate thing is that how he was introduced to the family. Because generally, like, even the issues that I found with it anyway, the, the 
a whole discussion. It's, it doesn't seem to be the issues a lot of people on Twitter have with it. I think people on Twitter are just mad that how dare Will um, be a simp or let, you know, or loan Jada's pussy out or something. It was just a lot of loan. Oh my god, she said loan her pussy out, you know. On layaway or something. Like it was just ridiculous. Um, but my issue with it was I found out that apparently um August was introduced to the family through Jaden. Oh as Jaden's friend. I was like and then they took him in to take care of him in that way. Like you know what, Felicia. Him. Yeah. Do you know what it's similar to? Let me land. And then after you want to fuck him, mm, that's that's what a, if imagine uh, Will Ola, that's a did the same, smaller. even if the age difference was smaller, it's like imagine Will did the same to Jordan Woods, like now at her age, now in a couple years, like mm. the whole world is going to be looking at this thing. Like, this is, this that's Will Smith, yeah. Oh, oh it's the same vibes, yeah. They say he uses power and, and influence to take advantage of the energy would be different if it was the roles were reversed i definitely don't think she manish well not definitely because i was not there but (laughs) from what i've seen um i don't get the vibe that she was trying to maliciously manipulate the kid or whatever but i do think that she overstepped her boundaries like that was just it was more stupid than anything else um hang on a minute though but so if you think back to what she said she was just like she just wanted to feel good feel good yeah and normally when a person says that they don't mean i wanted to commit to someone else they just Mm. mean i want momentarily pleasure yeah which i get i think the issue comes when or if like she was playing out to be like yeah we could be in a relationship or whatever and then he started getting those kind of feelings because i'm sure initially august knew what time it was like <laughs> what time it was? he knew what time it mm. was in my opinion initially he knew what time it was and then probably the more it happened or whatnot the more they became entangled it's like I actually really, you know, like this one. But then again, like he said, Will gave him his blessings. Like, what the fuck is question, going no, on Question there? though, question though. Can you, like, put yourself in August's shoes for a second. Imagine, let's say, who have you had a crush on from child? Because what, August is what, 25, 26? Yeah, 27. 27. We've literally seen Jada through Set It Off, all these movies, all this kind of shit. Like, there's certain people that you have a, that you like, fam. If I get to beat Megan Good, I'm falling in love. I don't care if it's just a. I'm falling in love. Nah, but you know what time it is, though. Just because just, like, just you know what time it is. Like, that's it. Imagine, imagine finally getting the girl that you've had a crush on for the past 20 years that you've been watching on fucking screen for God knows how long. Some niggas are gonna are gonna be like, found this box is a lead. This is what I've always wanted, and I'm in love now." You just had to tell everybody. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Because if you be my jam, if you be Megan Goods, did you better go to do interviews for the podcast? Plug the plug the podcast. <laughs> if you be Megan Good, um, like at first I was like, he's a bit of a simp because why would you then like men that just sleep with a girl and feel don't need to tell the world? And I was like, eh. Then I deep, I was like. Jada Pickett Smith, so maybe no, 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 come on, bro. You, you're right, like, you might tell your boy, 
Yeah, but tell the world now and she breaks your heart. That's why are you putting your heart there in the first place? They didn't ask you to put your heart there. Wait, I broke your heart four years ago. Move on. I'm not, has an album coming out, so <laughs> it came out. I knew had a song about her, but my but, nah, but like, see, my I like the whole thing, the whole thing is more funny to me than anything else. And like, the fact that you actually came out to be like, oh, yeah, we had a thing, and I could die right now, and I'd be fucked up. Like, what's the point, man? Yeah, but then that's again, the bit that's insane. It's like, but I then just again, to understand how he just didn't see the vibes. Yeah, I struggle to understand why, say, four years later, like. Well, because right. like you said, he had, he, had, he had work coming out. Yeah, I think that that's probably the only, like, the most logical reason I could come up to was, like, after four years, you're, what, you, what are you saying? This? Now everybody has moved on. She's obviously, she went back. Her and her man made things work because they did say at the point of, like, when everything was happening, they weren't even sure if they'll ever be speaking or be on speaking terms. So they kind of did make, make it clear that in that moment, despite the world not knowing, they weren't together. Because she said nobody can give me permission except nobody can give permission if it wasn't for me. So like you're saying, like you're saying, Joe, in that moment she knew the vibe. He didn't. He just like it was like a thing of convenience. She wanted to feel and, and, and yeah, like you said, furthermore, like the whole that's broken. He definitely he didn't re- he didn't actually he didn't read the play. He actually didn't read the play. Because when Will said that or when he when August said that he gave um, Will gave him his blessing. Well, obviously, Will is gonna give you your blessing because you're not, they're not together at the time. Do you get me? But once you get the bless, like it's like if me, if one of our partners, or no, or no, hold that thought, hold that thought, hold that thought, hold that thought, hold that thought. Hold that thought. I'm gonna start we'll again. Back. Cool. We'll back. If Joe, we have to hang up and come again. So, oh well, hang on. I've got to go. I've got to call my therapist, and I've got kickboxing, so I've got to bounce anyway. This ah, literally is less than a minute left. Right. See you, bro. All right. Bless, bro. Bye. Record. All right. So, um, yeah. Look, you know what? To be honest, this this whole thing is only people only give a fuck about it because there's nothing else to do. My more important question is. What? I forgot my question now. Sorry, did I interrupt your? <laughs> No, actually, just forget. You don't have to leave. Like, obviously, probably heard Joe's gone to boxing. Man's probably here. I hear be Conor McGregor. So, get that six pack. You was talking Go. about entanglement. Yeah. I, I like that. I like you, sir. When she said you're, entanglement. You're, cl- you're, you're clicking in, in and out, bro. Oh, hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right. I don't know. Is it so good? Yeah, we're yeah, good. Go ahead. No, I just said like <laughs> the the use of the word entanglement. That's what really got the internet. Oh yeah, everybody I, loves. It. <laughs> till the, I actually don't even know. In the moment, I couldn't get my head around about what she even meant when she said entanglement. But the whole thing is it's just I found it bizarre, and the fact that I've never heard Will Smith address rumors because there's been bare rumors of him being gay or whatever. He's never said anything, so this must have been deep for him to come and kind of talk about it for 12 minutes and in the end he kind of said oh I'm going to get you back and she said she did he, you did but then he kept insisting like I'm going to get you back do you think he, nah, he, nah, he was like nah I'm getting you back 
I think what's interesting about their relationship is that um, the, there's been different kinds of rumors, right? So there's been rumors that they're in an open marriage or open relationship, then the whole, um, this happened, and then it was a case of that, they were, this particular instance that they were separated, and so this happened in the middle of that. But what I don't get is like, um, what structure their marriage generally follows in general, um, like are they an open marriage or not? Was it kosher that when they were separated that she went with somebody else or was the only problem because it was August? You know, all these things. I think they left out a lot of information Nobody. Right because it is their marriage. And I just, I feel like there's a lot of information left out. And also a lot of the behavior that Jada was exhibiting is just trying not to take accountability for her behavior, especially not even telling us why it was a big deal. Another reason that they mentioned that they were even talking about it in the first place was because it came onto Black Twitter. So they felt accountable to Black Twitter, which is weird because they could have just um, and this story would have just died in in whatever. Uh, we, yeah. you know, the, you know, um, it's just been gone. What's called the, the thing is I I I don't yeah it, clo- it didn't clear up anything but the thing the thing that they made that they made seem very very clear is like Will was like oh you were done with my like I was done with your ass like I was like I was over kind of a situation so I don't think. If that's yeah, when he said, I usually I told you to go over there to find whatever makes you happy, like he yeah. emphasized that he did say to her, like, you go do whatever it is, yeah, but to it make yourself happy. Of August, no, but yeah. what's called, but what I'm saying is because what, 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 what was said was like, all right, cool, I'm done with you, like, go do, we'll go our separate ways figure out what makes us happy so it seems like they even said we didn't even know if we we're going to come back together we don't even know if we we're going to talk again so when august so if august calls like look to be honest we don't really care about the situation we just want to talk about whatever like the behind the scenes kind of thing so if you are done with your partner whoever or your boyfriend girlfriend whoever it is and you're like i'm done like i'm actually finished you go over there i'm gonna be over here and we'll see what happens if anybody calls you and is like, yo, can I link can I link that girl? You'd be like, all right, what's mom? What's my problem? Like, I don't care. Do you get what I'm saying? So obviously Will is gonna give permission, permission or whatever it is, because we're done, like we're over. Do you get what I mean? Technically, knowing Jada, Will can't necessarily say no. That doesn't like what does that mean? Like it can't be like, oh no. So therefore it won't happen. That doesn't make any sense. But like, I for his only option, what my point is, his only option was a yes. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, literally, pretty yes. much. I think the only reason, <laughs> the only reason that conversation would even need to be had was because he's been, he's been in the house already. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if I had no relationship with the family or world before, I'm like, who am I to call you for permission? How do you uh, even ask someone permission to pipe their wife or their partner? Like, how do you, <laughs> when he said he asked for permission, how the fuck are you asking someone to, if you think they're serious, yeah? How do you ask permission for that? <laughs> yeah? Well, I do, but I what do think, <laughs> but I, what's called, what was I going to say? I do think um, the reason why they addressed it, because from what I've seen, it's never been a thing of, someone has actually come out and said anything directly. It's been a lot of hearsay, he say, she says, like in the background, like people just chatting. It's never been a me and Jada, like August, did you get what I'm saying? So it does come to a thing where, okay, you know, let's just address it because like, this is something that's being shot directly at us as opposed to just people talking and rumors. Rumors, you can 
you can just push it aside. Uh, but if someone comes out and says something, then you're gonna have to address it. You get what I mean? So I think that's more what it's more that than anything else. Yeah, I think they're annoyed that they had to address it, especially Will. I think Will was annoyed that he had to address it outside. Yeah, stuff. Because he doesn't address anything, and he looks so uncomfortable. Like for someone that's like, but a lot of women have been in that position. Yeah, like we've seen him so many movies, so comfortable in front of the camera, and that moment you just you you could just tell like he doesn't want to be here. (laughs) Anybody uncomfortable? But what what I'm thinking is that. We've seen a lot of women in the position that Will was in, um, yet we, we don't rail about it in the same way that we did for Will. We made it seem that Will was nearly even a victim. That uh. make, and memes are funny and that's grand or whatever, but people are literally projecting their fears, their insecurities, their own trapped monogamous thoughts onto this couple that they don't know their marriage. You don't know this couple at all telling him to get out and, you know, be free and all this shit. And he's uncomfortable. She, she's ruining his life. I'm bringing up Tupac, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's clearly staying because he's clearly wants to be there. But yet... Yeah, he's a big man. He's a big man, so, yeah. Do you know I mean? Like, he's so grown. And he raised two eccentric, yet really stable children. Yet, we think he doesn't... They don't have a brain. They don't know what they're doing. They must not know how to figure this out. I'm not going to lie. James kind of jarring, bro. She just talks mad slow and taps on the red table. Like the moment that I the moment that I knew it was when she was talking to Snoop and he called one one black woman a bitch and she's like, You took the power away from me? You take the power away from from Willow? You took the power I'm just like, bro, he called one woman a bitch. <laughs> but, I, but I do agree with Felicia what she said in terms of like it's it is people projecting it and we, we all do it. We look at people we look at people on the internet we look at things even just saying couple goals you're projecting what your dreams of a couple would be onto a picture you're seeing on the internet so so it's always mad like so any of like after days that people are like ah i don't want that jade and the will love it's like you actually don't know what people's love quote-unquote love entails or what they have to endure on a day-to-day and it doesn't have to look like yours to be normal or to be okay that's another thing. We just, apart from our projections, if it doesn't look like what we want it to look like, it's mm. wrong. It is a problem with it, or it can't possibly be happy. Mm. But, but that's the thing. That's the thing. We like. I find that the thing. Like, just even away from that's the thing. We like social media. It's like if someone doesn't see the world the way you see the world, then it's wrong. Then their way of seeing the world isn't how the, the world is. So they like, will cancel. We'll shut that down. That's not even social media anymore. That's that's everybody. Because, like, I'm seeing it, like, a lot of times I'm not paying attention, but I started, like, clocking in and speaking to people. And people just feel like if you don't see things or do things the way that they do it or see it, you're you're just automatically wrong. Like, even just, like, something as simple as, this is a Twitter debate of, like, what do you do first? You put the cereal first or the milk first? Or do you found, I was on Twitter today, and I found out that some people don't chew rice. Yeah. They suck it and swallow it. And I thought I thought it was I I swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought like when I first saw the tweet, I looked at it and I was like, What's that? This isn't come on, you must be joking. But there were people underneath the comments like actually supporting it, like and actually being like, No, yeah, cool. People people true rest. So like it's just one of those things people need to start being more open towards other people's point of view and realizing that 
your brain doesn't work like a lot of people's brain. Your brain works independently. Your your views are different and everything is built off of your experiences. And somebody that is living in the same house as you can have such radical and different views from you and it's okay. Like, it's fine. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. It's just different. A lot of it is like, a lot of, I always say this to my, like my girls, like a lot of it, the more I grow up, the more I realize a lot of it's done to conditioning to just, and this is not to just blame our parents because a lot of people are like my age now, at some stage you have to take accountability and have to be like, you know what? I can also see the world the way I want to see it. But a lot of it is just like people are conditioned through their homes and what they see on TV to the to where they were grown up to believe that this is how the world is. And but no I more so. think though. Yeah. You've, that's, met, you've that's met friends. I'm sure you have, this is no indictment on you or anything, but I'm sure you've met people or even have friends where you, you can tell that they're, how they think and how they reason it's based off of experiences just happening to them rather than them molding themselves. Mm. That makes sense. So there's a lot of people that are like that. You, you're like, you're not growing. So like, and that's not to say that, oh, uh, just because you uh, think a certain way, um, other people, you think other people are wrong. No, it's just that you can think a certain way, but that not being open to other people thinking differently to yes, you, that's yes. Yes. Like your brain is stuck somewhere at age 16, 17. And the others that the other things that are happening to you are just experiences that you're reacting to rather than growth that is happening to you. Yeah. And I, I just find it stress as well because you find yourself getting into these debates knowing that like you're not going to change someone's way of thinking in that moment, especially when you do it like over social media. It's like everybody's just, instead of like, I always say, instead of listening on social media, people are so eager to just be right and ego protect which i understand because it's a debate on the timeline so you know people are reading so i know i know how easy it is to go into like ego protection mode not to look stupid because people are reading so i just I've, i'm a victim for that too so when it comes to all of that shit on the timeline i just don't engage because i know i'm not even going to be listening to you i'm just going to want to sound like i'm right and you're wrong and i'm intelligent and you're not because i know people are reading what's happening in the timeline so it's just it's not even a place to engage in those kind of conversations because you don't care you don't get places on the social timeline over that shit but in terms of like jada and will i find that sometimes when couples are going through it and they're telling you they're going through it just don't get them far because they'll probably just get back together exactly <laughs> like, like they'll probably just get if you know couples going through their shit they'll probably just leave them they'll probably get back together they'll probably be fine yeah and you time. don't you don't want to be that person that black like, oh, or you really gonna go back to him and then it's like Love. she does <laughs> And then you're there like, oh, so you told him as well. Oh, so you, so you don't like me. But yeah. you think when you went back to Will, like, you, you think they, obviously this is the first time we saw the conversation. Do you think when you go back, whatever condition we're on, they went together, they were separated. Do you have, do you then have to have that conversation when you come back together about the relationship you've had in the meanwhile while you were together? Is that a conversation that you, you think they should have had? For straight me, after? for me personally, I have... I have a very overactive imagination and my brain is just going to go to the worst. Mm. Like my brain is just going to go to your game trains run on you every second night. (laughs) 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 So for me, I'd rather you just put me out my misery. You tell me, I'll tell you. And then let's just go from there and have no secrets and know exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, as opposed to me being like, now you might have a new friend that you made over the time that we weren't together, a new guy friend. And now you're looking at him sideways. He's laughing and he's and he's like slapping your shoulder and I'm like he's liking all your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> he's liking your tweet. Everything you tweet, he likes it. 
yeah, or you might tweet something, you might tweet something that is that has it might even be lyrics, and I'm like, oh, she love, she loves that nigga. <laughs> And he'll be the first nigga to like it. Or he'll call tweets. He'll call tweets to artists. He'll be like, ah, oh, listen to this together. It's like, that's how, you know when you know when your girl comes with new music taste and it's like, how do you know this music? I know you don't listen to this music. But he introduced you to Lil Baby. <laughs> that's your thing now. That's what you guys do. Shit. What do you think of a new lingo? What do you think, Felicia? Do you think when they go back then, you. Is that a conversation that you must have where just like what happened outside of us doesn't matter and let's take it from here? No, tell me. I'd love to know. Then again, um, how I'm saying. But what information is too much? Like, did you say you love to know? What if, yeah, like in that time, it was like she was, you got back together and you're like, whatever you tell me will make it work. But you find out it's a guy that like, you know, close or you you don't like, you don't like. Is 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 there information that when you come back together, that's like too much then to bear? See, no, okay, you know what? This is what? Sorry, childish. (laughs) It's it's childish, but it's cool. Now you know, you know what it is. What's called? If it's somebody that like we've had a problem with during the relationship, and I've warned, I've told you about, and then that's the person that you go to. Fuck my enemy, man. (laughs) Oh yeah, I don't have, I don't have, I don't really have enemies. But if you fuck my enemy, bro, that's you're his girl now. Yeah. That's fair enough. So obviously we're we're on the topic of open relationship and Felicia as well as be the poet you came on the pod. Tell them why did you invite you on the pod? Let me know. Because she's a did fantastic you, right? poet. <laughs> <laughs> you on the pod only because I'm polyamorous. That's the only reason why did me. <laughs> and like you said, like from your point of view, we find we sound childish because our egos are like we're in ego protection mode right now. So we sound very childish from your point of view. Well, no, I so, understand it. I was messing, but like, I, I understand it. It's just, I wouldn't have that reaction unless it's like, obviously you have a problem with that person, but like just the mere fact that like they were with other people before you were with them or during a break, it's not a big deal. See, also, the thing is, stories, I want to, what did you do? Tell me. It, what do you me, want to know? To me, I swear to you, to me, it's just, yeah. it's just, I, I also, there's just something about well for me anyway like i just think it's fun and fascinating i want to hear like all my partner's whole stories i remember in the first year of our relationship i made him tell me all his whole stories i was all the ones he remembered i was like oh and then what happened and what, what did you do like jeremy you know I mean? it's just it's interesting and then you i learned about you i learned about your sexual nature how your behavior is well you're turned on what turns you on or if you learned anything new with somebody else what does that look like? Did they do a thing that I've never done before? Ooh, tell me more. You know, stuff like that. Do you prefer that kind of, that type of relationship? Or do you... I am polyamorous. <laughs> like, yeah. well, like the an open relationship and a poly relationship. So generally, um, well, monogamous people can have an open relationship. But polyamory is just... it's is. It's like monogamy, except you, you, so monogamy, you prefer to be with one person only for the rest of your life, grand. Polyamorous person, they prefer to be with more than one person at a time. They're emotionally capable and um, physically capable of handling those, blah, blah, blah. That's a polyamorous person. An open relationship can be a monogamous person that opens the relationship with their partner to have 
and it's usually just to have sex with other people. So there usually isn't emotional attachments that comes with open relationships. Well, pretty much what you're saying okay. is you, you can have like two, three, four boyfriends if you wanted, as opposed yeah. to having one boyfriend and fucking four guys. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. You, you know, you like to speak, you like the one thing that has that, that is about you that I always tell you, you speak like a poet, like you speak as if you're performing all the time. So sometimes, oh. You need somebody to be like, oh, this is plain English. Oh yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Fair enough. <laughs> and do you find that do you find the relationship challenging or cause like I, I, um I don't think it's more challenging than a monogamous relationship. I just think it's different challenges to a monogamous relationship. Um so you go through like similar things, you know. Um I don't know how to explain, maybe ask me a more specific. Question. You know, I'm, I've, I've got questions for you because there's bare questions that people are always confused about because I feel like when it comes to an open relationship or polyamory, people always think the only, like, I don't know, for some weird reason, people always think when it comes to open relationship or polyamory that you can't break up with your partner as if sex or cheating is the only way that can end the relationship. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but... But one of the one of the main things that most people would ask if I'm having this conversation is that, okay, you have a boyfriend and you and your, let's say you and your partner, your your main boyfriend, that the the the, the top dog in, in in the other in in different words, mm-hmm. what happens if you get into a second relationship and that gets super serious? Is it a situation where now you're like, oh, you're demoted and you're promoted, or what happens there, or can a side relationship go as far as let's say a marriage or something those are questions that a lot of people see when i when i speak to them so generally um i believe in um hierarchical i hate that word hierarchical polyamory so that just basically means i have a part i have a primary partner i have a partner that i've decided um so far to spend my life with so that's the person i want to build a life with that's the person i've decided that okay um you know might have a couple of young girls for him we'll see when we get there you know that's the person i want to build life with hence why we're living together we're doing life together pay bills together blah 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 so um other people that are in that comes into my life or other boyfriends or the sexual partners it's just more about like um i can build emotions with them and build an emotional relationship and a sexual relationship with them but generally i've already picked who i want to create life with um but I suppose if somebody comes along and they change my mind, sure, I'd like to see you try. I just haven't found somebody on that level like that. So how do you then deal with, like, obviously human emotions such as, like, jealousy and ego? Is it just some... Cause I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that would come up. Yeah. Like, no. So, yeah. So how do you then deal with, say, if he goes off and he's... Like, obviously, you guys are probably honest and he tells you he's had sex with someone else and... Or, or he's talking to someone else or he's dating someone else, whatever it is, when you feel, whatever it is that makes you feel jealous or how do you deal with that, those moments? Do you just express that? Like, I don't know, I'm just asking because most relationships, you tell you sleep with someone else, you break up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, like with us, because like we're really close so we're like best friends. So like before he's about to, you know, talk to somebody or chirp somebody like you'll probably be like oh i'll be checking this girl out and i'm like tell me more um so like i would i'm just i'm constantly in the loop there isn't like something springing up on me um also i don't 
I don't get jealous when he's talking to other girls, um, unless like it's interrupting my attention time. So those things that they you just you talk about. It's not about the engaging with the other girls. It's about taking away from you that yeah. like that would get <laughs> that you're jealous. Okay. Yeah, that would be the issue. Yeah, and also just when they're happening in the moment, talk. Um, that's what makes polyamory polyamory work at all you have to be um really honest about shit you have to talk about the feelings that you have like don't let anything fester because especially if there's more than one person in the scene like it's, it's just stupid um so things get resolved we argue about stuff sometimes and that's normal like other couples but yeah um jealousy happens but it's not often um are like people kidding themselves in thinking like it, it will be easier than being monogamous? Is that is that me kidding myself thinking like? Yeah, okay. joker. <laughs> Bro, do you know how hard it is to maintain no, one I, relationship, no, I, let alone two? <laughs> I, I I get it, but some people might be listening to this and be like, oh, as long as I'm honest with my girl, I can beat other girls. Do you know what I mean? People might be thinking grass is greener on the other side. But the thing is, there's a lot of people that are that way inclined but have been conditioned out of it or being made feel shame in relations to that at all and so like the thing is polyamory is just not or being a polyamorous person it's not it's not just oh okay um wanting to have other relationships outside of your primary relationship but it comes in small things as well like you casually talking about how attractive a girl is in front of your girl do you mean and not feeling like Obviously, different people augment differently, but that's one example. Like, first, I should be, I, I feel completely comfortable checking out a guy and being like, big that guy is, wow, Jeremy, that is hotty, Jeremy, in, in front of him. So it's just, and the, the thing is, those little things are the rules in monogamous relationship. There's many, many little rules before they even get to the cheating. Like, do you mean? Um, and also, you can cheat in a polyamorous relationship too. Cheating you, is just if you if you step outside the boundaries of what. Yeah, if you step outside the boundaries of what we've created, and if you lie about it as well. Okay, my the more important question that nobody ever asks is how the fuck did this happen? How did it start? Because I've known <laughs> you for years. I've known you for years, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, oh yeah, by the way, yeah, polyamorous and that. But but my thing, my because my because my, my thing is I it takes a certain kind of person because you see the same way, you see the same way that me and Jordan were talking like, Oh, imagine she comes back now. Like you guys break up. She comes back now. She's telling you that this happened while you weren't even with her. Uh, you start feeling, you start feeling your own feelings. feelings. You, exactly. Your own feelings. See, see, so, <laughs> so the, the thing, the thing is it, it, like logically, bro, logically is probably the, what the things that make the most sense because uh, we have different friends for different things. Like different I have vibes, friends yeah. for, going now i have business friends i have this friends i have that friends. work friends but, you know like yeah but for some reason we have to have one person one in a relationship that has to take everything for the rest of your life yeah i said this on the previous podcast i was like exactly just unnatural. So, so my question is now is it been something that in past relationships if you're man back in the day whatever looked at somebody or even said something about someone you wouldn't feel away and maybe your friends are like oh my god you should feel some way and then it's been seeds of it have always shown up in your life growing up to the point where you decided oh you know i think i'm actually polyamory polyamorous or is it something where you sat down and like you had a conversation with them and it's like oh i could do that or how did it start how did you get into it 
Right, that makes sense. Um, so how I got into it, I suppose before I get into how I got into it, like when we started talking and on looking back, I realized more of my polyamorous tendencies that I didn't know before. And I also realized that the thing, because I never decided that I was monogamous, do you know what I mean? Like nobody ever is like, well, I don't know if nobody ever does, but I never was like, oh yeah, I'm monogamous now and then only dated within those confines. Um, and also this, I've been in this relationship for five years and it's more or less officially my first relationship. Um, but like with other people, like I remember like with other guys, I was, I was going to say men, long, with other guys, um, I've had situations with them that had to do with another woman at some points at different times and realizing how comf- how weirdly comfortable I was in those moments compared to the average girl, does that make sense? Or the uh-huh. average monogamous person. Uh-huh. So, um, but a lot of my um, push and pull with polyamory was more about my insecurities and my personal insecurities rather than the structure of polyamory or monogamy in general. But how I got into it is that, um, yeah, we started talking in college. He asked me out, we started going on dates and he told me straight up that he was polyamorous and I was like what the hell is that um and then he explained and I was like okay I was just... he taken back by that was he like <laughs> yeah because like I'm his first black girlfriend because he's never had black girls be okay with it um frankly I had a lot of questions but the premise of it I was okay with. um and I chose to be in the relationship and he, he explained what it was and I was like, cool. But like, we, he, we didn't, neither of us um, um, explored our polyamory till maybe our third year into the relationship. And then when it was obviously sometimes like the idea we have, the, everybody has idea of things in life. Like, oh, if I get this job, the idea is always better than the reality. Is exactly. The reality. Um, so I suppose the, those first three years was a lot of like, me gaining a lot of confidence, me like being poured love into, me feeling solidified in the relationship. And because polyamory is, polyamory is new, it was a lot of like learning what it was and what it looked like in reality before even officially like dating other people. Um, and also like I, I was like the first person in our relationship to get uh, that adventurous about it. Um, but yeah. What's what I was gonna say? All you guys out there listening to this, thinking that this life is for you, don't think that <laughs> bro. The the reason the reason the reason why I say this the reason, the reason why I say this is because all you lot, you lot think you have game and you lot think you get killed. Don't be don't think because your girl doesn't tell you all the guys that's moving to her and all, not even not even all the guys that's moving to her. All the guys that's moving to her, and the only thing that is stopping her from saying yes is you. Don't, because <laughs> because you you think you think it's cool until your girl has four or five dates in a week, and you you're on the dry spill, and then you start looking like, <laughs> is this thing for me? No, it's not for everybody. It's and, and I know, like I, I said it in the previous pod, despite the fact that like I understand it and I get it's probably more natural. Because like they just we have different friends for different things, and in every aspect of life we like to explore different things. But this is the one aspect of life we're told this is. Although I get to understand the concept, 
I just don't think it's for me. <laughs> like I know it's, myself. It's not. Yeah. I definitely don't think it's for everybody. I wouldn't even be like, oh yeah, go ahead and try it. But like, I think if you and your partner are on the same page and you want to open it for a little bit and try it out, great. But just know that the reality will might hurt your feelings. <laughs> when you find out that your girl is both and you're not. You get- <laughs> What if she's getting bad guys? Guys why, that are stronger than you. Guys are... Why, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? No, why but it happened. <laughs> when she starts licking them rich niggas, you see. <laughs> why, are you, why are you doing this, Did You hurt my feelings. <laughs> and then there's all these boundaries like, oh, is she allowed to send nudes? Is she not allowed to send nudes then? Oh, like, is she allowed to have four six? Uh, is she allowed to do sleepovers? Jesus. Jeremy, there's, there's so much to it. And to be honest, nobody knows all the answers. It's step by step. It's moment by moment, situation by yeah, situation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Like we are saying earlier, it's like, it's just listening to this and being open-minded and like saying, this is what works for some people. And that's fine too. Because some people will hear this and be like, that's crazy. And they start bringing like religion into it. They start bringing different, instead of just stopping and learning and understanding and be like, oh, that's what works for you as an individual. I couldn't do it. But I understand why it worked for you. But some people just start like then bashing. You tweeted something then pretty recently, and this is like this is. Then I think I sent Joe, and I was like, "We need to get her on the pod because a lot of guys would resonate." It was about people proposing and engage people getting engaged and proposing, and like in moments you feel happy for them, but then when you see that for yourself, you start to feel claustrophobic and as if like walls are closing in. Why like why do you, I know like I think this is like probably the first time in my like life that the idea of marriage because I love my girl is like the idea of marriage is like it's calm, but I or I resonate with that feeling. Mm-hmm. It's just weird and hearing like not a guy kind of say it. Why why do you, why that feeling come about? Why did you even tweet in the first place? I was just like, I was thinking about, I was thinking about it, especially from the perspective of a Nigerian girl, mm. a Nigerian woman. And I was like, all oh, of this is so much freaking effort. Like I'm already doing the thing. Like I, I know I'm, I'll probably be considered a bad girl, like the average Nigerian, but fuck. <laughs> like, I'm, I've been living with my partner for our entire relationship. I know it's crazy. Five years, like I'm already doing the thing. I feel secure in my work. He's secure in his work. I'm already living life. What is this like ring thing? And the thing is, it's beautiful. It's it's, <laughs> it's lovely. But like I'm even I'm the type of I'm the type of idiot that I'll lose the ring anyway. Like I'll probably have to get a necklace for it. You know all these things. And specifically as a Nigerian girl, I was thinking about that whole merging of families because. Mm-hmm. It, it really is that, like, th- then all these responsibilities and th- and roles that you didn't subscribe to. Because, like, for me, me and my partner, one of the first things we said to each other, if we were going to get married, because he never wanted to get married in general. And I was like, if you're going to be with me, marriage is going to be on, in, on the list. And he was like, cool, I love you enough to go through the blah, blah, blah. Yes, that, I think that's what it is for a lot of guys. Hey, I love you enough to go through all of that. <laughs> then, no, like, as I got older, I got into this moment where I'm like, they're going to merge our families. And what that means from a Nigerian perspective is that they immediately change the roles. Everybody that, that is around the family changed the roles. The mother-in-law changes roles towards you. The, the father-in-law changes roles towards you. My parents are going to start acting different. It just automatically happens. And I don't, I don't want to tell grown-ass Nigerian people to fuck off. So I'd rather just live my life. <laughs> I like the distance between everybody. I like it. This is how I want to be. <laughs> my 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 thing what you're saying has always resonated with me because since I was like 15, I've been asking people, okay, so the day before 
the day before you get you get engaged and the day after you get like let's let's assume you guys live together i'm not talking about anybody specifically but let's say you and your partner live together right because for me one of the stipulations is i've got to live with you before i can before i can ask you to marry me because Mm -hmm. i feel like that process of becoming one and merging together and sharing a room and all of that kind of shit is more important than people give than people let yeah give it give it credit for so my thing is okay we've been living together uh because we live together all our finances are pretty much together already um like we have to pay bills we have to pay rent we've been doing all that already so from the point where the day before i engaged i proposed to you and the day after what's the difference then let's say we're engaged from the day before we get married and the day after what's the difference apart from the fact that we're a couple thousand down because we have to draw a fucking yeah. <laughs> you have more people in your space i swear to you it won't happen you just or maybe i just have overbearing family the the, 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 the answer that i've always been i've always gotten is oh it, it just feels different and i'm like cool explain it to me and it's always oh, i can't explain it it just feels different and for me I, how i see it is that sometimes you can make something feel different if you think about it hard enough so yeah. is it that it's actually different or is it that you've built up marriage to be this massive thing yeah. that once you get into it, you're gonna, your brain is automatically going to be like, it's so different. Like, oh no, oh my God, I'm married now. I'm no longer, like, I'm not Digi anymore. I'm ex and ex's husband. So I, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, a girl at work said it just provided, because she was with her fella eight years and they're married now, about to have the second kid. She said it provided just, I said like, because obviously these are things I think about with my girl four years and I'm like, I'm like, uh, that says Sophie, is it different? Like, just be with a man. She said, Yeah, it just provided more security. Like, I don't know in what way. She just said, I think maybe those are people that, that already don't give you enough security. Like, if it, in general you don't feel secure in the relationship, like, marriage is just now a legal way that he can't quickly run outside. Like, well, he can still run outside. Divorce. Yeah, no, I mean, like, he can't like detach from you without all these legal proceedings like you have to be separated at least for a year or something like this before you can file for divorce blah blah all these things it's to tie you closer and make it well why would i want to do that well isn't isn't that just insecurity then isn't that just security because because what's called oh yeah cool we're engaged so you can't like okay you know you know how i see it how i see it is for me and my relationships and everything is I always say this, and some people, it doesn't make sense to them, but I want you to do everything that you want to do. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't want, like, okay, I want you to not cheat on me because you don't want to cheat on me. I don't want it to be because I told you you can't speak to anybody or you can't talk to X and X after nine o'clock or you can't do this and you can't do that because then I don't know if you actually wouldn't cheat on me if you had the chance or mm-hmm. if you wouldn't cheat on me because you just genuinely love me and you don't want to cheat on me. Do you get what I'm saying? So even with that is, I don't want to make it difficult for you to leave. Like, if you want to leave, the door is open. The door will always be open. I don't want it to be that, oh, if I leave now, he's going to take half my money or we're going to have to go through all that. Like, that you're going just... to think about that. But, like, that's the only thing that's stopping you from being, oh, bro, uh... from leaving me, leave. Be going. That, that, yeah. yeah, I see. I see where I come from, and I think like with age, I like it's like the older I get, the more you notice these things. And even like I go to just not before the marriage. Marriage is like marriage is one thing, and then the, but the wedding is another. Like you're saying, it's like it's then 
I, I've gone to, I've never gone to a wedding and look at the groomsman. I, I'm look like he's having a blast. I'd love for that to be me. Oh my! <laughs> I was like, I would love for that to be me. I've never. I'm like, I look at him. I'm like, all right, where's the food? Let me go get food. <laughs> the bridesmaids, they look like yeah. upset all the time. Do you know what the thing is? Just find a partner that will love you the exact same way, whether married or not. That would treat you like the world anyway, and then yeah. you is how little the marriage would do for you and this is not me saying i'm never gonna get married but right now like i just i just don't see it i don't see the points i don't see i just don't see it but yeah i, I don't i don't i'm not I've, and the thing is i've never been that kind of girl that's like oh the day i get married i'm gonna and and this is I'm not gonna be married by 25 yeah like this yeah. is not exactly on any of those women like everybody dreams different but every time the marriage conversation has come up it's just the thing that i thought i was supposed to do that's always been marriage yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing i'm supposed <laughs> to do at a point in my life and then yes. when i start thinking about it and obviously learning more about it as an and seeing life and just seeing the world maneuver <laughs> and then you just you're kind of like why did i think that this is something i have to do you you know, I have, i'm about to ask myself those questions pretty recently because like i said i've been also been with my girl for four years so it gets to that stage where these questions are like why and i have had to come up to those answers myself like why do i want kids is it because i was just told i'll go to school i'll get, I'll get my job get married have children that's just a course of life like, do i do i even want this thing for myself i have to okay. sit down and like ask myself these questions everybody we'll be right back <laughs> this conversation and we recorded so yeah you are talking about those are questions that you are answering yourself no no I, like I, and i just think it's questions that not enough people ask themselves they just like felicia said like their brain is so stormer at 16 or 17 and they just believe that is still how life should be because we're all given especially those african kids we're all given like a fucking script of what a life should be you go get and, and then not enough people get to a stage of like they question these things like do i even really want marriage or do i want kids or am i even built for marriage you know like we're saying yeah. some things are not for everybody you know <laughs> they're not for everybody and so, some people don't even know that they have their own preset things in their brain that they would do once they get married or that they would expect yeah. once they get married and, yeah. and the thing like it's so messed up because a lot of it is about lack of self-awareness like why am i doing it like you just mentioned the whole actually having to sit down with yourself and asking why not just doing it because ah, that's what it's supposed to be done or that's what i'd like because that's what everybody else is doing or that's what mommy said i should do like I'm, at some stage i think about two or three years ago my mom actually sat me down she was like so about what age are you thinking about marriage and i was like i i don't know like can we can we have you asked me what i'm doing with my job can you imagine so like those moments are so irritating because they put a lot of emphasis on it even the language our families and our, our parents use when they talk about our prospective wedding days like ah you know making them the happiest parents or making them happy or like they, they just can't wait to tie gilly that's what you hear and you're like what is wrong with you like do you even know me like do you know if i'm the kind of person that would work well in a marriage yes yes i dread the wedding day more than the marriage because oh like, my god I, I say that because Same. i some, to some level i feel like i know my girl and i know who i'm getting in bed with and i i hope that because it's a marriage it doesn't change the dynamic of our relationship because we've changed it from relationship to marriage i hope it doesn't change the dynamic of our relationship and who we are mm -hmm. because but on the level of the wedding day itself i just don't know what to expect at least with my partner 
I know who I'm with. I know what to expect. And I hope marriage doesn't change that. But with the wedding, it just seems like it's a lot. Even the planning, the lead up to it. I, I'm just like, ah, it's... What's good? If we start talking about weddings, we're gonna go. We're gonna go completely left. But I just want to say something about the marriage and relationship kind of thing. I think, personally, how I see it is with a lot of girls, especially, they're gonna change when it comes to marriage because of the whole thing of don't give your boyfriend husband benefits, and even situations where, even situations where um, girls are like. It's different with between a relationship and not a relationship because once it becomes a relationship, she, I'm gonna feel more. I'm gonna expect more. I'm gonna do this I more. I can take off my wig when I stay over. <laughs> exactly, and what's called. So when it turns into a marriage, it's like, yeah, cool, we're boyfriend and girlfriend, but there's certain things that I'm not gonna care about right now. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do that because we're not married. But see, my only problem with that is we spend all this time tweaking and making things work for you to then come and change it. Then we're going to have to go through all of that all over again. And let's you don't say think took... men offer change with marriage? Or do you just oh, no, 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 100%. They do. They, they... That's what I'm saying. There's all these preset things that we have in our brains that we're going to exhibit once we're married. Mm-hmm. And we don't exactly. even know we're conditioned to do it. Exactly. exactly. But how I see it, because how I see it is that, okay, if you spend all this time tweaking shit and making shit work, and it took you four years or three years to finally get to a place where it works. And then in the fourth year, you decide to get married and it changes. And then you're going to have to go through those four, three, four years to tweak it all yeah. over again. So my question is to people, would you not just go in to a relationship wholeheartedly, just give everything. And then you tweak it, see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you'll know very quickly, okay, let's put this over here. It's not going to work because I care about this now. Like, Because, okay, um, I've been in a situation where one of the guys he he let's just say he does something that his girl doesn't know about whatever right and mm-hmm. like he's like look to be honest when we get it when we get married i'm just gonna, i'm just gonna slap it there and like it is what it is you can't do nothing about it now and it's kind of like a if you do that what if that like that thing that you're hiding what if it's a deal breaker do you get what i'm saying because now okay now we're married and it just goes back to that thing of okay now you're you're more secure you're not gonna leave it's hard for you to leave you don't want to be Fuck, you don't man. want to be a divorcee. So, cool. And I'm going to slap on the table. You can't do nothing about it. What's and, it? There's such a, and there's such a stigma of being a divorced person when a divorced person is just somebody that left a relationship they didn't want to be in anymore. And the stigma is like that stigma, yeah? Um, it's literally, it's like, the stats like 49% of marriages and divorce. So, the stigma is like half a wedding. It's, it's like, it's not like it's like you're you're part of like a two percent or a ten percent amount of people. You're, you're, you're virtually half of the world the the people living here. Well, That's you how marriage is. It's like saying every every other relationship is gonna end in a breakup. That's that's okay. That's, that's... it's okay. <laughs> but you know, you know what it is as well. One thing that has been bothering me a lot as well is that everywhere that I see marriage being spoken about, it's always like it's this long, tough, hard road. And yeah, cool, there's benefits, but every time I hear, like, even what, like, cause I'm watching, um, what show am I watching now? Um, That's Ross West. I'm watching that too, but not that. Um, oh, <laughs> Greenleaf. Greenleaf. <laughs> oh my God, and you watch so, so I'm watching Greenleaf now, and uh, what's called, the mother said something is like, marriage is something that you can bend and fold and make it work, but it's not something that you break. And for that, to me, it just sounded like a, so if I'm unhappy, I've just got to do every single thing to make myself not unhappy and then just deal with it. 
Because that's what it sounds like. In all areas of our lives, we have options to leave, you know. Every everything else. You have options to change your doctor, you have options to change your bank, you have options to change your friends. You can even tell your your job depending on the kind of person you are. But you can't leave your wife (laughs) (laughs) and bondage. (laughs) You know why? We've been sold the idea that two people um are the only things to make a relationship work and you guys can do it for the rest of your lives forever and they don't account for people changing you don't account for you don't want to do it anymore you don't they don't even account for you may actually still love them but just not want to be in a relationship any longer you know how that's scary those kind of things are like i always say i always say like i always say it for girls like i just one day you might just wake up and realize this is not what you want to do but i never think of like what if it's me that just wakes <laughs> up one day and realize <laughs> This is not what I want to do. Would you like to be in bondage? Wouldn't would you not? (laughs) But I I would think like it's like you will just wake up and decide the same if for you. And I was like, I never deep that like maybe because like even going to work, I've been nearly working the same place two years now. And I'm like, I wake up one. I don't know what hit me. I was like, I just don't want to work here anymore. And I I have the option to just leave now. I was like, I'm gonna start looking for new jobs, and that's (laughs) that's life. But. Like, like we said, this is the one aspect of our life we've been told forever. Put too much pressure on it. I think it's... Yeah. So, and the thing is, it's unfair to ourselves. Mm. Unrealistic. And then we fall short of these expectations and then get mad at ourselves for doing it. It makes no sense. And then it's a repeated cycle. And you go to the next one saying, like, this cannot fail. I did this one. So you put more pressure on the next one. Whereas if it was like a new car and it didn't work out for you, you got a new, if it was something, new job and you didn't like it, you just leave after six months. But with the next relationship, you're like, okay, I fucked up here. This is what I did. So this time it has to work. This is the one, this is the one that's going to stick. It's unfair. It's It's unfair on yourself. We put a lot of value in what a relationship brings to us. And we also put a lot of value in the social currency of being a person in a relationship or a person that's married. Like there's a status, it's like a status, invisible status update that I don't give a fuck about. Like I don't understand why you're more special now that you're a wife. It makes no sense. It's also like even Nigerians particularly um, I remember there was even a time you know when you used to watch Nollywood because your parents were watching it and mm-hmm. that, was, that was on that's it so remember like in <laughs> when, um, the baby would get married and then suddenly she's wearing Ankara every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is that like those just all these stupid things yeah because brainwashed with like suddenly okay. you're now more wifely or now you can't go can you imagine somebody telling you not to go clubbing anymore because you're married I, I, I... I double what? dare you, nigga. Like, now nah. you can't twerk no more. What? Like, I would be pissed. Like, I don't. Don Jealous to... Me went to watch Quarantine TV and they told him, Aren't you married? Because he was watching Quarantine TV. I was <laughs> like, Jesus. Don't make marriage sound like it's fucking like a life. Like a yeah, it, it, they, 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 make, they, they make it seem like as if we have to change to be married. And it's like, No, hold on, wait, stop. You love me because I was me. Now you're telling yeah. me to change. Now yes. you're not going to love me anymore. So it's not me you love. Yeah, but even also, on the received podcast. Need to get into this marriage thing. You used to be. <laughs> even, even on the received podcast, she says, me and my husband, and all the girls were like, oh, you might husband her. Like, as if, like, when you say me and my husband, like, oh, it, it was it's like a flex. Bag. It's not a flex. <laughs> it's so stupid. Right, you're going to say something. Sorry. I oh, what's good? Also, the thing is, I see so many people worried. Of, like, one thing that I'm starting to actively, and I'm so happy about it in my, like, that is happening in my life is that, I've stopped caring about things that I have no control over. Mm-hmm. And one thing that a lot of, well, what I see anyways, is a lot what of girls. 
Well, you know, you know what? It's not, it's not, it's nothing I don't care about much. But you know, one of those things where you think about something and it's like you have no if that you yeah. have no control if that happens or not. So sure. I stop. I'm like, what, bro? You know what? I'm so, I am so comfortable now that I'm not worried about someone cheating on me because I have no control over it. There's yeah. nothing I can do. Like, bro, she can call in sick to work, go to some next man's house, get beat for eight hours, and come home. And me worrying about whether she's cheating or not. Like <laughs> it's not gonna do anything. It's, it's not, not gonna, gonna do anything. anything. So let me just sit here. I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know. So why am I worried I about things that I don't know? And one of the things that I see so many people worried about is that, especially women, they're like, it's so scary how a man could just wake up and just decide that he doesn't love you anymore. Why are you worried about that? That nigga has, just like up. you. You can't. You can't change that. So why are you worried about it? There's even a prayer about it. I can't remember what the prayer is about. What the prayer yeah, is. Yeah, Lord like. help us accept the things we can't change. Yeah, exactly. I only so, know that because it's a Kanye West lyric. Kanye, stand. But so pretty much how, how I'm just like, how I'm just seeing it now is that I'm not worried about someone waking up and deciding that they don't want me anymore because I have no power over that. I can only mm-hmm. be the best me that I can try and be, and also, if that's not good enough for you, leave me alone. Also, you've probably learned to love yourself in such a way that if somebody were to wake up, and, and that's one thing we, we don't learn, I think, if somebody were to wake up and be like, I don't want to be with you anymore, that even if it hurts, yeah, grant that you will be completely okay and believe it in yourself. Because a lot of people hang on to failed, shitty relationship for fear of what they will be like when it's gone. It's like, no, you don't, that's just weird. The fact that you... you you can't let go for fear of like when I'm alone, what what do I have? What will I be? You don't trust yourself enough, don't be in a relationship. You don't trust yourself enough to be happy single. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, to else, lads. Yeah, uh, what's called? I've got am I the asshole for this week because we didn't do it last week. Right. I have found a bloody fantastic one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's really con- controversial. So, am I the asshole for cleaning poop off my female friend? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a brief description. Yeah, so give much, summary. This guy is a 30 year old married man. Uh, most called they had a they had a party at some with some of their close friends. There was about seven of them in total. They were just chilling, you know, having a good time, drinking and shit. Long story short, we drank quite a bit. Everyone was crashing, no big deal. One girl that recently recently became single drank a lot, probably because of the breakup. Passed out on the floor. I moved her onto the couch so we could con- so we could continue monitoring her while we're chilling. Um, we didn't want her to puke or choke or something. Eventually, oh, yeah. she rolls over and reveals that she had pooped on herself and what's called on her skirt and down her leg, also on the couch. Everyone laughs at first and starts gagging. The couples pretty much take that as a sign that the night is over. Everyone starts going to go and head into their rooms. Well, uh, he's alone in the hideout with the girl and she's covered in poop. He's like he can't just leave her. He leave her there. His wife was too drunk, so she went to sleep. So he was conflicted because it was a close friend and he thought he did what was best. So he grabbed baby wipes, cleaned her up. And to be clear, he said, he literally typed, to be clear, I did not touch her vagina at all. I did clean the poop off and off her butt and quickly ran the wife through her butt crack. I'm a nurse, so I have a super strong gag reflex. Oh. He slept on the couch next to her just in case she choked. He didn't want to hear her choking or anything. Next morning, everyone wakes up to come to come and see the friend that's supposed to be covered in poop but mm-hmm. she's not anymore and everyone starts asking what like what happened he tells them what happened and they and they start going i can't believe you did that that's assault you basically groped her my wife was 
was no help, which hurt badly and implied that he should have, his wife pretty much said that he should, he should have told her to do it. And his friends, like pretty much his friends are just calling him like, are just saying that's, that's assault. And like, you shouldn't have done that. No, no. So is he the asshole? <laughs> no, he's not the no. asshole. He's a saint. He's a, he's a fucking amazing human being. That's that yeah. the thing I would love on my team. That's, that's yeah. the thing that I would love on my team. What? They're I, shit I, friends, man. <laughs> no yeah, I don't think, like, I don't, I don't see, I don't know in what, like, no, just no, because I'm trying to, like, understand it. And sometimes I'm like, I try to see from the other perspective. I'm like, because he claims a poopy woman, now he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's like, oh, maybe he shouldn't have been. She was passed I, out. I, I, and she, she was passed out. Okay, so the, what I'm seeing sometimes, here something is, thing is that she was passed out. She couldn't give consent. She have a problem with it. Yeah, but, like, if yeah, she, but when she woke up. Poop. He didn't yeah. fuck her or rape her. What the hell? Sometimes it's like I hate it. Sometimes I don't like this thing where the people not even involved feel the anger. Like, what? What's the person that who we can actually? What does she feel? Because you're being—it's like being offended oh on God. her behalf, yeah. <laughs> like on her. Because if I go now and I have like an Asian friend at work and we're doing like ethnic banter and someone else is there being offended, I'd be like, "Why are you offended? This is—you're not the one I'm bantering with. Like, I didn't clean you. I didn't touch you. So if and the person, if the person that he cleaned doesn't feel the way about it, then. Well, how's he an asshole? Okay, now let me let me give you the second part. No, Felicia, you want to yeah. say something? No, Felicia, I was you want to say, say I was going to say the, the other friends that all went to bed, all of you, all the rest of them are the assholes. <laughs> and you, you were even laughing. And they came back to even witness and re-laugh. Nah, they're fucking dicks. And now they're making him feel bad. And his wife is a pussyclat. His wife probably didn't think anything was wrong with it. But other people started saying shit and she, she pussied out and started saying, oh, yeah, well, now, the funny The funny thing about it is she's the drunk one that went to sleep. Well, yeah. like, the thing is, I can't leave one of my friends there covering yeah, like shit. That. All right, so the second part, my wife was no help with her badly and implied that I should have gotten her to do it, despite that she was too, she was way too drunk to help. I feel like my friends aren't messaging me as much anymore and I'm being excluded. Today was the final straw when I looked at my wife's phone and saw a group chat of the girls and one of my best friends suggested the passed out girl would uh, file a police report. I don't know what to do. I'm frustrated because I tried doing the right thing. I'm, goddam- I'm a goddamn nurse. Cleaning poop house one is... Is so clinical and practice that's almost routine at this point. So pretty much, he looked in his wife's phone, and there's a group chat, and the girls in the group chat are telling the girl that he cleaned to go file a police report. Jesus. She fucks. Did she feel violent? This sounds. Do you know? Do you know? Jay Z has a lyric that says, "Since no good deed goes unpunished." This feels like one of those things. You're catching a case for cleaning. God. I think they all. I think he has the wrong group of friends. They're all a bunch of assholes, and his wife is a pussy clown. Yeah, he's not the asshole. Everybody else is. If you want to refer. Okay, what's good? We can go one more, and I have two that we can go through. Okay, I've, I've got to go gym in fifteen minutes, bro. Alright, cool. It'll, it'll take. It'll t- we'll make it quick. We'll make it quick. What's oh, called? Okay, First one is: Am I an asshole for not telling my bo- for telling my boyfriend not to spit in our food? <laughs> or would I be an asshole if I failed Junior's probation because he reported me several times to the bosses? Say it again. That probation. What? Would I be the asshole if I failed a Junior's probation period because he reported, like, pretty much if you had someone working under you and you were in charge of their probation period? Failing their... Failing his probation because he keeps reporting you to the bosses. Which one would you rather go for? Spare in the food or failing probation? Uh, 
let's go for failing probation. <laughs> All right, what's called? So pretty much, what happened is they, they, their digital, their digital agency, what's called? They hired a nineteen-year-old, which is actually the son of one of their biggest clients. And uh, what's called? What's happening is that everything is true. It's COVID time, so everything is being done over Zoom. So he's the one that is directly working with this nineteen-year-old. So it turns out that he's gay. The nineteen-year-old. Like, no, no, the guy, the guy that, the guy that's that's writing this. He's been working. He's been working on the team for a good like eight years at this point. It's a startup. Blah 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 blah. So, uh, so pretty much what had happened was after the first two months, like the guy's feeling well, he's doing his job, whatever. They had a quiz night, and they had a what the fuck? Sorry, they had a quiz quiz night. Since a lot of the guys know his partner, his partner was just there. I'm guessing the other guy just found out he was gay that night. So he gets pulled into the HR room and he was told that, yo, someone just made, uh, someone just made a, what's that thing, a complaint about you come to try and come on to them. And he's like, what the fuck? The HR person is his friend. So it's kind of a situation where, oh shit, 